listening to the Fantasy Alarm DFS NBA podcast with host John Pimba and James Grandey. What's going on, everybody? John Pemba here with James Grande. This is the Fantasy Alarm NBA DFS podcast. Uh, night number two, James, but it is the first big slate of the season. We have 11 games on tap here. I mean, we were we did a little bit of a quick look over, and there are plenty of options to go to on a slate like this. We always talk, we kind of that six to game, six to eight game slate, 11 games here. You know, you're going to see a lot of interesting ownerships. And it's going to be pretty interesting to see which way the roster builds go. Yeah, and a bunch of high totals for usual. We have, what, one, two, three, four, five, six of the games currently over 220. That's generally the barometer that you and I talk about where it's, okay, this game is over 220. It's going to be a very high-scoring, high-paced atmosphere. And we have six. On our on our first big slate of the of the year, no really bad Vegas totals either. Memphis Cleveland is two sixteen and a half. That's the lowest on the board. So I mean, oh Orlando Magic and Spurs, fun two twelve. So other than that game, it should be a, a very exciting slate considering a lot of big totals and only one big spread in Utah and OKC. You're right there. And our our late night hammer game, we got a few of them. We have Sacramento Portland at 232 and a half. And we got Denver Phoenix uh 223 and a half there with six points. James, uh, you know, for those who you know didn't listen to yesterday's podcast, tuning in today for the first time, we went over you know some differences across the platforms uh this year. And FanDuel has added in multiple position eligibility. You know, in years past, you were pretty much locked in. Uh, to player positions over on FanDuel. DraftKings, you always kind of laugh how everybody had at least two positions. FanDuel adopted that this year as well, so help out with a little bit of the roster flexibility. And also, we are we're playing on Yahoo this year. You know, Yahoo's Fantasy Sports and DFS, we've been doing a lot of work over there for the NFL season this year. Everybody's in the Beat Bender contest, I'm sure. You know, so we're going to go ahead and uh, play some NBA DFS over on Yahoo. Played some tonight. Again, opening night, we're recording here on Tuesday evening for their two game slate, you know, things are going well. It's a, it's a FanDuel, you know, a little bit of a ro- different roster build in terms of positions. They kind of have the, the DraftKings positional format when you're building your rosters with the point guard, shooting guard, small forward, uh, power forward, and then the guard, the forward and the utility, but they use FanDuel scoring. So definitely make sure you go over there and check out Yahoo. A lot of great things happening over there, but you know, it, it just kind of goes to our benefit almost where you can kind of find certain prices to attack certain players on, you know, get a little bit different with your roster build. You know, if you if you want to get exposure to a player on FanDuel, but on not on DraftKings of, of the cost, you know, you can kind of go ahead uh, and do that as you sort of go about the slave of James. We have a lot to get to here with 11 games, a lot of positions, uh, a lot of new positions, a lot of new players. Um, that I think we're going to come across here as well. So let's kick it off at the point guard with an old reliable, however. <laughs> Damian Lillard, top price point guard over on DraftKings. Also the top price point guard over on FanDuel. He gets ho- a home matchup here against the Iron Fox and the Sacramento Kings. The top, he's the he's going to be the cover of the playbook. He's, he's the go-to guy. He is the third highest price player overall on the entire slate. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's very hard not to game. It's going to be a very good paced atmosphere. Sacramento ranked ninth in pace last year. And, you know, they didn't do, there wasn't much turnover with this roster, other than the fact that Marvin Bagley is no longer in the rotation. But uh, they should be playing small and running a lot, Sacramento should. So it's going to be a really good spot for Lillard. We know Darren Fox's deficiencies come on the defensive end. So I'm perfectly fine with Lillard. 
I just remember a year or two ago, probably two years now, because we've been doing this podcast for a while, how you and I would always discuss and we'd go back and forth between Dame's price and we'd say, you know, anytime it gets over 9K, not sure we can go there. Well, this is a different version of Damian Lillard, the best version of Damian Lillard we're going to get. And I think this year uh, he's ready to put on a show, especially considering he stayed, he's stayed loyal to Portland. So I love Damian Lillard here at, at 10-1 and over on DraftKings, 10K on Fandle and $45 over on Yahoo. You know, again, we have to attack pricing early on in the NBA DFS season because there's going to be a lot of guys that are pretty crazy where you can actually kind of fit in a few of these top price guys. And we'll obviously go over them as we hit them. But roster building early on is a is kind of simple, especially on these large slates too, because the player pools are so great. The next point guard on my list here is going to be the opposite point guard in that matchup. I mean, you know, Darren Fox last year had a breakout season, 25 points, three and a half boards, seven assists, one and a half steals. You know, he even last, you know, in three games against Portland, even shot 46% from three, James, talking a little bit how bad Portland's perimeter defense is at times. Three-pointers not necessarily a part of, of Fox's game, but he does shoot them. You know, he's $9,300, so he's, he's far more expensive than we're generally used to paying for him. But this is a, this is an, another chance for him to take that step forward. Yeah, man. I mean, they, they paid him all that money last offseason, even after drafting a guard in Tyrese Halliburton. I think some people, there was a little hesitation with that. Oh, what are they doing drafting another point guard? Well, they did it again this offseason and took Davion Mitchell to start their draft. But that shouldn't impact Fox literally at all. I really think he's as good as it's as it gets in this tier of point guards, 9,300. Give me De'Aaron Fox against Portland defense all day. We mentioned how bad Fox was on defense. Well, Lillard is just as bad. I mean, both of these guys really focus on their offense. So give me De'Aaron Fox, 9,300. All formats, cash, tournaments, whatever you want. If we're looking down a little bit more in the mid-tier, two guys that jump out to me, point guard only over on DraftKings. Kevin Porter Jr., we saw him at the end of last year when John Wall would really take a big step forward, uh, being the player that we kind of thought he could be. Uh, when he was at Cleveland, obviously kind of unceremoniously dumped from Cleveland there after some off-the-court off issues and locker room issues, but really came on strong. And then Lamelo Balls at $7,700 in a matchup against the Pacers. You know, we were riding ball a lot last year. Year two for him now. Um, a strong team around him. Going to be starting. Looking in the mid-tier, two guys there. What do you think? So I definitely lean Lamelo here. And it's not that I'm worried about Kevin Porter Jr. at all. I, I've drafted him in seasonal. I have I played him in preseason DFS as well. And, and we all know the talent that Kevin Porter possesses. I think the one thing that was apparent in the preseason is that him and I think him and Jalen Green are going to take a little bit of time to mesh together both are very ball dominant players and Green is just shoot 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 go 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 all the time so hopefully Porter doesn't defer to him I think this is a great spot but I feel more comfortable paying 7700 for LaMelo than I do Kevin Porter 78 trying to figure out the situation with him and Jalen Green. I think even though Malcolm Brogdon is there on the defensive end, we we don't need LaMelo to go out and score 20 because he's a triple-double threat. In the passing lanes, he's effective as well. So I really like that price tag for LaMelo Ball, 7,600. And I think Porter, for me, is a tournament play only, but I, I really think Melo is a, a play in all formats. 
Yeah, I, I think, again, I think he's an all-format play. KBG maybe in game stacks, you know, going Houston, Minnesota, you got to figure points will be scored there. So that's something to look at. Uh, a little bit further down mid-tier, uh, one of our favorite matchups in one of our favorite spots, DeJounte Murray going against Orlando. Yeah, I think this is the year we're going to get DeJounte all the time being the leading scorer. He could lead this team in rebounding, John. I know I know, Jakob Pertl's still around, and Keldon Johnson's there too, but he's an elite rebounding guard. We, we know he's going to have the ball in his hands 24-7. So 6,800 feels a little too cheap. Probably not the best game environment overall, right? Just considering it's the lowest total on the board. And maybe I'm reading into Vegas a little too much because it's open. Like it is technically the inauguration of the NBA season, right? 11 game slate. Yes, the two gamer is actually the opener, but this is the first big slate. I don't know. I don't love the $6,800 price tag or I don't love the total plus the $6,800 price tag, but I, I love the talent. So I, I can definitely see myself playing some DeJounte. Yeah, again, a guy that just kind of fills up the stat sheet. And again, the the point guards for Orlando, not going to be defensively there at all. If we're going down to, I guess, maybe a little bit of the, the value tier, we'll say. You have Dennis Schroeder, who's going to be coming off the bench for Boston as their primary sixth man. You have Devontae Graham, now the point guard over in New Orleans. We know there's no... Zion Williamson there in terms of, you know, guys that are going to be taking shots. So, you know, you know, obviously, you know, Nikhil Alexander Walker and, and guys that are, are there, but, you know, Graham is somebody that is not afraid uh, to shoot the basketball. Other guys that I'm looking at, Goran Drogic, $5,000 for Toronto going up against Washington. And the flip side, Spencer Dinwiddie is only $4,900 over on DraftKings, James, at going up in that matchup against Toronto on the other side. Why? I don't understand I feel like Dinwiddie has been extremely undervalued this offseason. Everywhere. In seasonal rankings, in talks, when you're when people are discussing the Wizards and who's their second scorer behind Bradley Beal, it's Dinwiddie. I, I just, I don't understand. There's no Hachimura. He's out due to personal issues. Thomas Bryant's still out. Even, I believe Bradley Beal is a little banged up himself. Yeah, he has a knee yeah, injury. So like, or something, yeah. Right. So whether or not he plays, you don't know how that could affect him. And and prior to Spencer Dinwiddie's injury, uh, you know, I'm not going to go off a three-game sample in Brooklyn last year, but the year before he averaged 20 a game. So why he's 4,900 against a, a Raptors team that is going to be far worse um, than they have in years past. Plus, you mentioned, I mean, Dragic... <laughs> You know, for as good as Dragic has been in the years past, is not good defensively. If if that ends up being a matchup that Dinwiddie sees, I love Spencer Dinwiddie forty nine hundred. And and you're right with Dragic five thousand. I, I think that's a solid price. Very hard to ignore Spencer Dinwiddie at forty nine. All things considered, and all all things happening with this Washington team going into this game. Yeah, he has tremendous upside. We know he's a high usage player. Not a good team and. Yeah, if something happens or Beal doesn't end up playing, you know, it's not expected, but if, that, if something pops up where, you know, he's not able to go, I mean, just all systems go. But I don't think he's he he would be the uh, highest uh, rostered value play at point guard because Tyrese Maxey's four thousand dollars going up against Pelicans, yeah. and they have no point guards, right? Shake Milton's out, Ben Simmons is suspended. You know, they they don't they don't have much else behind them at that guard position. So Maxey at four K and a really great matchup against the Pelicans. Kind of hard for me to think that that's not where the majority of the field goes in this slate. 
Yeah, he didn't look great in the preseason. You know, take that for what it's worth. I think some people, you know, use the preseason as a barometer and some could care less. But he, at the end of the day, he's 4K in a really good pace matchup against the Pelicans, who, you know, new new head coach, no Zion. You know, they, they got rid of Lonzo for whatever reason. So I, th- I think there's a lot of question marks in New Orleans. I think this is a really good spot for Maxi, whether or not he was whether or not he played well in the preseason. So I'm with you. Um, I don't know, though. Do you do you think he's... Does the $900 do it for you on DraftKings, at least? Let's see what their prices are on FanDuel. Maxi is $4,600, and Dinwiddie is 65 Holy cow. So that's a significant difference. Yeah. And then Yahoo, Dinwiddie is $22, and Maxi is $10. Right, min price. <laughs> okay. So, so you're playing you're playing Maxi for sure on Yahoo and for on sure FanDuel. over for sure on FanDuel over Dinwiddie. And again, again, it depends. So DraftKings is sometimes kind of tough to go stars and scrubs. I think that there's a possibility at $4,000 that you're playing Maxi if you're trying to fit in an Embiid and a Lillard tomorrow, you know. You mm-hmm. know, there's there's just that there's that possibility. You can also play them both. <laughs> you don't have to pay up for point guard. Or you could three, play three-point guards because they, they allow that. You know, they, uh, I actually think, you know, with the utility, the guard, and the point guard spot, you may, you may even see that, you yep. know, that kind of combination. So yep. um, definitely something uh, to look at for the point guard where there's a lot of options. Like I said, it's a huge slate. So um, a lot of different ways that you can uh, you can go with it. Shooting guard, James. At the top is Donovan Mitchell to get okay. I don't really much much of the thunder on the other side of this matchup because it is in in – Utah and they're going to play slow generally. And, you know, while they're a bad team and those guys are probably going to get their run anyways, it's kind of a tough matchup. How do you feel about paying up for Donovan Mitchell though? I don't know. 9,600 is steep for a healthy Utah team. It's a price tag that I'm, I'm comfortable paying when Mike Conley's out or Bojan, but not in a, in a game where everyone's healthy and it's a 12 point spread. I think you can do it. And I think there's probably enough. The floor is probably fine if you want to play him in cash, but is Donovan Mitchell going to give us 50? You know, we want the 50 plus for in terms of upside tomorrow. So I, I think I'd limit my exposure to cash games. And I think that's fine. But I think cash games for me only. So for you, assuming Beal is good to go then, is he the guy for you at this top of the shooting guard spot? I mean, I guess considering there's only two guys over 9K. Well, you don't have to spend all the way up. I'm just saying, who is? Your, I guess the better question is, who's your top shooting guard then? Who's the, who's the guy that you're looking at? I mean, I... I Levine, but I think kind of when in the offseason when you're looking at teams and you're looking at, all right, is there anyone going to step up and be the guy this year, right? Or at least while someone else is not there. And that guy, most of the time, and not a lot of the time, Fred Van Vliet, because, you know, there's no Kyle Lowry anymore, which, you know, he's openly talked about how Lowry was the guy there. I mean, everyone knew it, even though the stats didn't show it, he was the guy. And then Siakam we all thought was going to be the guy, but he's hurt. And I think, you know, there's obviously emerging stars there. OG Ananobi being the one that you and I would pinpoint, I think. But Van Vliet, 7,500 against a bad Wizards defense, um, against a Wizards team that played at the number one pace last year. They were the fastest team in the NBA. And I know Russell Westbrook is gone and whatnot, but I don't really see the, the overhaul of their roster suggesting that they're going to play slow. So I'm under the impression that we're going to get a lot of possessions for the Raptors here. 
I, man, I, I really fan fleet here at Sunny 500. I think, I think he is one of my favorite plays of the entire slate. Definitely a shooting guard, but one of my favorite mid-tier plays of the entire slate. Yeah, I mean, I have nothing really even more to add. I mean, he was for sure one of my top overall plays as well. You know, once you got past, you know, discussing the top two price guys, I was going right to FEV for sure. Next guy on my list is someone that I was super high on last year. We're not getting any of the price mm-hmm. discounts on him that we did for a while last year, this year, because the secret's kind of, and, and that's Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards has a matchup here against Houston. You know, he's $7,600 on FanDuel. On DraftKings, he's priced around $7,100. I imagine Yahoo, he's... Probably in the twenty-ish dollar range. Thirty, uh, he's thirty bucks. Thirty dollars, yeah, exactly. Even more. He's one of the top price players overall on, on on over on Yahoo. So not cheap anymore. I guess my question for you is, how do you feel about him coming into this year with, you know, there's a healthy D'Angelo Russell, Carl Anthony Towns, Malik Beasley. What's your thoughts on Ian Edwards here in this matchup against Houston? I mean, I think this is just going to be a very concentrated Minnesota team. I don't think much of the value is going to be good a lot of the year because there's there's going to be a four-headed attack pretty much consistently every game. I mean, we're going to get elite production out of Towns. We're going to get a lot of really great production from Edwards and and Russell. And, you know, Malik Beasley, we know, is a bottle rocket at times where he can just hit seven threes and give you 30 points on a given night. So I think I feel really good about Edwards. It's a great matchup. It's going to be a fast-paced game. The young Rockets are going to run up and down the floor um yeah i think edwards is is a, a really solid play i think the the problem with him last year at the beginning of the season was that he was a volume shooter and that was it and then suddenly i think he realized that he was uh, really good at doing everything and that's kind of what happened and he started making a lot more shots and getting being more efficient from the floor rebounding uh, passing the ball better and, and was in the passing lanes quite a bit. And we saw, you know, he almost made a tremendous rookie of the year comeback there. So I love Edwards in this game. And during this year, you know, sky's the limit for last year's number one. Going further down here, we have NAW in his matchup going up against the Philadelphia 76ers. Again, last year we got uh, to see an opportunity of him when he was given a bigger role produce. What are your thoughts on him this year? Again, now there's no Zion Williamson. He's going to have a little bit of a bigger piece of the pie as well with no ball, no blood. So, you know, where are you with NEW this season? It's going to be interesting because I don't think this is a great matchup. I also think there's a chance that he comes off the bench and he's $6,600. And, you know, could he start? Sure. Depending on how they deploy their starting lineup i mean we saw him start during preseason we saw him come off the bench during the preseason um i I, i'm not exactly sure what they're gonna do but if he's not starting you know i fully expect him to get a full complement of minutes still but i don't i don't know man 6600 i feel there are you know better options it's possible i mean listen everybody has multi-position eligibility we're talking about so a lot of these guys who are shooting guards you, know, you don't necessarily have to go there because you can play point guards at the shooting guard or play a small <laughs> forward that you'll potentially at the shooting guard. I'm kind of looking at guys who are maybe more traditional, true shooting guards when building your lineups. You know, someone like Derek White going up against Orlando. We talked about liking Derek White sort of fits that same build. You know, he's a guy who shoots threes, but also gives you uh, defensive numbers as well. I mean, James, last year he averaged uh, a block per game. You know, down the stretch, he was averaging over a steal per game as well. $6,100, someone like Derek White against Orlando potentially appealing to you yeah i think he's a solid cash game play you know he doesn't provide he's not a 
a serious outside threat. He's very good, you know, inside the arc. 34% from three. I guess he took a lot more three-pointers so last year. He took a lot of them. Yeah, he did take a lot of them. So he And he hadn't. In the like early stage of his career, he really wasn't shooting a lot of threes. I mean, I think this could be a good year for him. I like the price tag. Yeah, he's fine. He's fine for me in, in cash games. Not in love with him for tournaments. Are there any other shooting guards, I guess, in this mid-tier range that are jumping out to you? I think this is probably, you know, we still have three positions to go, and this is our first look, but I don't love it. Oh, yeah. I'll throw a value name out there, just Jalen Green. It's 4,200. Yeah, I think think that's going to be... I think that's where we see the difference in ownership between Kevin Porter and Jalen Green. Like, we are not getting at a discount at all on Kevin Porter, but we're getting a massive discount for Jalen Green at 4,200. So I could see a lot of people pivoting to Green. If they, oh, I really want to play someone from Houston for whatever reason. And, and you know, that's a good reason. Minnesota's bad defensively and they play at a fast tempo. Very hard to justify playing Porter over Green when he's 4,200. Um, he's 5,500 on Fandle and he is... $28 on Yahoo, which I find interesting because he's more expensive than Buddy Heald, Ty- Tyrese Halliburton, CJ McCollum, Marcus Smart. Little to no interest on Yahoo for in, in for Green. In, yeah, obviously. I mean, they 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 are trusting the rookie there pretty highly, apparently. But yeah, like I said, having that positional flexibility this season over on FanDuel and DraftKings, it doesn't, you don't, when there's a weak position at night, oh, that night, you don't have really focused too much on there. Let's go over to small forward. And then James, talk to you guys on the pricing list over on DraftKings. You have Jalen Brown coming off of COVID, going up against the Knicks. And, you know, they're a good defense last year. And we have Brandon Ingram at home against what well, is generally a good defensive Philadelphia team, but not having Ben Simmons there and not and no Zion Williamson either. You know, Ingram for me is is probably the top spend at the small forward position. Yeah, especially with no Zion. I think he's gonna be pretty popular here. He also has the he currently doesn't have his hair in his normal braids and has the sickest afro. <laughs> so like I'm all for Afro Ingram here. But I, I will say if I don't know John, considering you, what have the talks been about Jalen Brown's bout with COVID? Has it been tough? Because I don't really want to play. I know he's questionable, so he tech. I know he cleared protocol and he might play, but even if he does play, I'd be hard pressed to spend eighty one hundred dollars for him. Literally, being a, how many days removed from a bout with COVID nineteen? Yeah, no, I agree with you. You know, I, I think. We've seen certain players certainly struggle to come back initially, get it there, you know, getting their groove back. Jason so, Tatum has yeah. like openly talked about it, right? Yeah, that he's Jason like, Tatum had it very bad. You know, he had to use an inhaler. He said even still, it was hard for him to breathe when he came back running up and down the court. Now, you know, we don't know the vaccination status for Jalen Brown. You know, the right. Celtics are not a team that is 100% vaccinated. They've, they've said that. They're close. You know, a few players are holding out. Brown could certainly be one of them, you know, so... I agree with you. And again, it's not even a great matchup. It's just, you know, Jalen Brown is a great player. I just wanted to bring it up because he does sort of have that cloud over him coming back from COVID. So for me, it's Ingram. What do you, what are your thoughts on DDR this year? He's now a part of your Bulls. It's, I think it's going to be tough to play the Bulls on a regular basis just because I think we're, the Bulls are a very good team that could go a lot of different routes on a, on a given night. I do think Levine is going to be the top scorer. I do think she's going to be second. So if that's what happens, I mean, DeRozan is likely going to play third fiddle 
more often than not. So I like the price, I like the matchup, but you know, a good rebounding guard in Lonzo Ball, a really good rebounder in Nikola Vucevic, a, a very good ball handler in Lonzo, a very good ball handler in Levine. It's DeRozan. Generally, when he goes to teams, he's first or second option in almost every facet of the game, and he's just not on this team. So I think he's going to have his fair share of good nights, and this could obviously be that night with the Pistons in his mirror. But I, I don't know. How do you feel about How do you feel about the situation? Because 7100 is a price we generally like to play DeMar DeRozan at. It is. You know, I, I, I want to know... Anytime a, t- a, guy, a guy goes to a new team with a lot of good players where it's clear the usage isn't just going to be him, I worry. So I'm probably going to take a wait-and-see approach on him. I want to see if he, maybe he facilitates a little bit, but you wouldn't think he would because you mentioned balls there. Is he going to score? He would. Well, maybe not because Levine and Vucevic's there. So is he? where is he? Is he just going to be a mid-tier player? What's his upside going to be? You know, So I'm, I'm probably holding out on him. I, I'd much rather, I think, maybe take a shot on some of them on OG Ananobi at 6,100 against Washington, one of our favorite guys of this entire offseason. Yeah, I, before you even said his name, I, I was itching to, I wanted to cut you off so bad and just be like, why are we talking about anyone else other than OG Ananobi at 6,100? Because, I mean, we, we all saw the preseason he was having. There's no Siakam. There's no Kyle Lowry. It's going to be OG and it's going to be Van Vliet. Boucher might play. I think that could possibly impact him a little bit just on the offensive end but we know Ananobi's an elite defender he's an improved offensive player how many how many Raptors are is too many Raptors I mean listen how many times did we stack Washington games last year because their game totals were going to 270 you know (laughs) right Right. so and Toronto was equally as bad defensively last year and they're not going to be any better this year so I mean, this is a game that could easily go 240, 250 plus. So game stacking two, three Raptors isn't out of the realm of possibility here. Run it run it back with Dinwiddie, do a little little yeah, stack. Of here. course, dude. Dinwiddie Beal, OG, and wait till you see how cheap precious is. You know, if you really want to get dirty with it, you know? Okay, okay. So so yeah, so we're obviously in on OG. It's a great spot for him there. Kyle Kuzma, same matchup, opposite side, really cheap over on DraftKings as well. Sitting at fifty one hundred dollars, James. And this is a guy that had a good preseason. He's been given a little bit of new leash on life. Rui Yachimura is not gonna be available for this game. So Kuzma's gonna be out there shooting. Yeah, man. He looked he looked he looked great. And that yeah, last get him away from LeBron and Anthony Davis, who just tell him to sit on the sideline and wait for the ball to come to him. And now in a spot where they're kind of looking at him, being like, all right, man, like, are you going to be part of our future or are we going to let you go? You know, so he's got an opportunity to really make a name for himself in Washington this season, earn a big contract. He's only $4,700 over on FanDuel as well. So it's so really cheap across the board. What is he is 12. He's a power forward on, on <laughs> there's our, there's our last year's DraftKings to Fandle. Yahoo's only one position now, Uh $12 power forward on Yahoo, but $12 is still a great price. Yeah. $10 is min price on Yahoo. So 10 price. Yeah. $10 pr- min on Yahoo. So great price tag across the board. So I'm with you a hundred percent on uh, Kyle Kuzma. And then the last guy I'm going to talk about, cause he's my binky this year is Josh Giddy. Uh, he is a small forward only over on DraftKings. On FanDuel, Giddy is listed as, I don't even know, hold on, this is his name, a shooting guard only. So he's 
He does not have multiple position eligibility on a site that added multiple position eligibility. <laughs> he is a small forward on DraftKings. Is he shooting guard over on FanDuel? Is he a point guard on Yahoo, James? What's he on Yahoo? Let us check what Giddy is. He is a small forward at $17 hairs. Ooh, $17 small forward, probably a little bit too rich for my blood, but $4,400 over on FanDuel as a shooting guard, and he's $3,800 on DraftKings as a small forward. This is a guy that I've been all over all offseason. Uh, you know, when we were doing our, our draft guy cheat rankings, I was trying to push, you know, James and and Fancy talking about how good this kid's going to be. He's, he's league, you know, coming over from Europe, and he's one that fills up the stat sheet. He's going to give you rebounds, assists. He's going to give you some points. He can shoot a little bit from the outside. He's long. You know, I, th- I think at $3,800 on DraftKings and FanDuel at 44, he's, he's probably going to be an interesting value play today. Yeah, and I think what makes it interesting, even if this game turns into a blowout, he'll be on the floor because they just yeah. they just want to get him the run so yeah i mean you were right all along you were right about giddy i i totally i totally i'm totally yeah, I buying in there. Me that theo maladon is gonna play over this kid <laughs> <sighs> you know not all of our calls were right john i thought philip lindsey Lindsay was gonna be the lead back in 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 uh, houston and it, you know we're we're not all we're not always right all the time so i'll definitely give you giddy i think um i think there are reasons to be giddy over Giddy. Oh, I what you did there. Let's move on to the power forward position from there. I got I got two names I just want to throw out there. Real All quick. right. All right. Just two quick, two sure, quick potential values. I think we should wait and see what happens. Another, another Raptor. Yes. Bullish on the Raptors right now, but interesting to see what they do with their starting lineup. I think someone that was in a preseason standout was their first round lottery draft pick scotty barnes started all preseason and played big minutes so if he were to crack the starting lineup at thirty four hundred dollars i think that could be interesting he's known for his defense but looked really good offensively in the preseason and someone i brought up to you before and it was primarily due to the zion injury but trey murphy was their first round draft pick this year for the pelicans and the reason I'm not totally sold on NAW starting is because we saw Murphy start during the preseason a couple times, and he was one of the preseason's best players, even as a rookie. So just two names to look out for, two names that we need to, before plug into our lineups, just check the start, check check the starting lineups for each team. Because if they're not starting, I, I probably don't have any interest, but if they are, I think, look out. I mean, they're both under 3,400 on DraftKings. Yeah, I mean, again, we're, we're looking to go probably start in scrubs on, on a slate this anyway. So getting the value when they're in the starting lineup for sure makes sense. Power forward, like I mentioned Sabonis here against Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Charlotte tried to improve at the center position. They got, <laughs> I'm not, it's not, he's a stalwart by any means. And they want to also play the undersides Washington there. So yeah, Sabonis is, is, is the guy that I'm looking for. 9,800. He's, he gave us triple doubles last year, James. So, I mean, the guy is doing it all. Yeah, and there's no Levert, and there's a banged-up Brogdon who's probable, but, you know, we're coming into the year with an injury definition already. Uh, it's it's going to be a big year for Sabonis. The only thing that could ever possibly hold him back is the fact that Rick Carlisle is now his head coach. The mad scientist himself coaches DeMontis Sabonis. That would be the literal only thing that could slow him down because it's not going to be plum dog millionaire. 
It's true. Jason Tatum, if you're worried about Jalen Brown at all, I mean, or just Jason Tatum in general here, going up against the Knicks at $9,400. Again, I know Payson defensively, the Knicks, you know, were were tough to go against, but last year against the Knicks, he had 46 fantasy points in the one matchup against them. So it's not as if they uh, shut him down at all. James, those are the top two price guys at the power forward position. Are there any other, you know, upper to mid tier plays that you're looking at at the position? Look, there's no Cade Cunningham, John, in Detroit. And, you know, we saw who their leading scorer was last year. And that's Jeremy Grant after a big step. And you know what? We're going to get full compliment of minutes, Jeremy Grant. We were in the beginning of last year. End of last year, Jeremy Grant, I think, left a, a sour taste in our mouth because Detroit was tanking and he was sitting a lot and playing limited minutes. But do I think the Bulls are going to be a good team? Yes. Do I think that they... Uh, are going to play really, really fast as evidence in a preseason? Absolutely. And that's only going to benefit guys on the flip side. So I really think Jeremy Grant, 6,500, makes a lot of sense. Patrick Williams is back, is going to defend Jeremy Grant quite a bit. And Patrick Williams is a very good defender. So that's a little worrisome. But Jeremy Grant's going to have a massive, massive usage rate with Cade Cunningham out. So give me Jeremy Grant in this mid-tier. 6500 is a great price tag. All right, other guy that I'm looking at in the mid-tier, Jaron Jackson going up against whether it's Mobley or Jared Allen. You know, Jackson is someone that we're expecting uh, a lot of things from this season. Now that he's healthy, we've seen the upside that he can bring to the table. And when he's going to get the minutes, it's going to be him and John Morant this year, hopefully doing the one-two in, in Memphis. So uh, give me some Jaron Jackson while he's cheap. The, the what what do we what's the only thing we have to worry about John with Jaron Jackson? It's health. It's health. Or it's all say what's the other thing we have to worry about? Fouls. The fouls. Only two things that could ever get in Jaron Jackson's way because when he's not in foul trouble and he's healthy, you know, he is the reason that he went fourth overall in the draft two years ago. So. Yeah, I think I think the Cleveland front court isn't offensively gifted enough to put Jaron Jackson in foul trouble. Not I'm, I'm I would knock on wood, but I don't want my dogs to wake up and bark and wake up the whole house. But I fear I did knock on wood, you know, in my in my mind. So yeah, I, I think fifty nine hundred is a, is a great price tag for Jaron Jackson, especially in this spot. Yep. Again, one of my favorite plays could even maybe be a core play for me on this slate, given the matchup. Another one that's in a good matchup and and. You know, just got paid is Wendell Carter Jr. And mm-hmm. you mentioned that he they've been starting him at power forward next to Mo Bamba. Get San Antonio. We going at the San Antonio front court. You know, where are you with Carter Jr. here? Yeah, I mean, look, it's something that we mention, and it's something that you have to pay attention to as an analyst of sports. When teams pay players, you know, the expectation is that they're going to play and. Not only did the Magic pay Wendell Carter, they traded their best player of the last how many years in Nikola Vucevic for him, you know, and and Carter was the centerpiece of that deal. So hard not to think that Wendell Carter isn't going to get every opportunity he can to, to thrive for the Magic this year. And in this spot against the Spurs, it's a good matchup. Now, I guess my one question would be, how do the Spurs deploy their lineup? Because, you know, they're projected to start either Keldon Johnson or Doug McDermott as power forward at their at the power forward spot. Does that do you think Orlando adjusts their lineup 
because of that, and they go kind of small because Carter Bamba <laughs> against Keldon Johnson and Doug McDermott just feels so wrong and just such a mismatch if one of those dudes have to ch- chase Doug McDermott around the three-point line all night. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, we definitely see some of that if they try to size down and match up, you know, but we'll see exactly what the starting lineups end up looking. What do you think San Antonio does with with Thad Young? It's a good question because we know how good he is on a, on a per minute basis. I mean, I could see him starting. I could see him that I think the range of outcomes for Thad Young really freaks me out about Thad Young. Because I feel like we could see him start and play 30 minutes and give us 50 fantasy points, but I feel he could pop wants him there to be a mentor and he plays 12 minutes and kills all our lineups. So I think the range of outcomes, it's it's a clear-cut tournament play to me. One that I'm probably not going to look to, but knowing they don't have a lot of guys on that team, I think there is still some upside if he get, if he were to get a lot. I'm with you. On that one. Last value power forward that I had, he's power forward center eligible, is Evan Mobley. I mean, the dude was tearing it up during the preseason. Uh, they invested high draft capital on the problem is they have like 55,000 power <laughs> forward centers in Cleveland. So, a dark throw play here, but I mean, we saw him put up some big numbers, like I mentioned, in the preseason. Yeah, I think you, I think I would take the over on 55,000 centers in power forwards, honestly. It's, um, it looked at what the Knicks did last year in, in signing all the power forward and centers. We want that. We want, we, want, we, we want that. Let's do that. Anything but Colin Sexton. That's pretty much what they said. Yeah, I think I think it's worth taking a shot on. This isn't a I think this is a position that provides a lot of mid-tier plays and not a lot of value options. So I'm with you. I I don't really see I don't really see much else other than Mobley to be quite quite honest, at, at power forward, at least. I agree with you there. There's there's really not not a lot going on. So let's jump to the center position. I mean, guys at the top, James, what do you think about Embiid, Towns, Vucevic? You know, good matchups for all of them. Where do you trust the production? So I think Towns the most of the three. I know he's the, he's the cheapest of the three, but also there's no Simmons for there for Philly, so the offense is going to flow through Embiid quite heavily but he's 10-6 man that's a little too pricey Valanciunas is no slouch on the other side of this matchup and you know Embiid's a really good defender but who's to say Valanciunas couldn't put Embiid in early foul trouble here I guess it depends if Houston rolls out Christian Wood at center You could say it's the same thing with Towns, but they've been talking about Daniel Tice and Alperin Sangan quite a bit there. Yeah. So I think I would rank them Towns, Jokic, Embiid for me. All all obviously tremendous upside, but I I think Towns, 9,700 in probably the best spot in terms of pace. That team, what's that total? 227 and a half. So, geez, hard hard to ignore that. Either that's that's the best. To- oh, Philly, New Orleans, two twenty six and a half. Yeah, no, they're right there next to each other. Like I said it's I I I too, you know, when Towns is going good, right? He is gonna give you sixty he's plus. A top, he's a top five fantasy player in in bas in basketball when he's healthy. Right, and you're you're getting him for you know about a thousand dollars cheaper than Embiid on DraftKings. You know, there's there's just that potential, you know, for him there. I mean, on on 
on FanDuel, he's only $200 cheaper, so maybe you want to go and bead there. But if you're looking for price per dollar, I mean, Towns on DraftKings is a great value. Yep. I mean, let's see. What are they on Yahoo? Same thing. It's Except Jokic is the most expensive, but Towns is third. So Towns is third, the third highest priced center across the board. I just feel the saving. It's just the savings for. It's not just the savings. It's the matchup too. The Vegas total. Everything lines up for Towns here. I'm, I'm just sticking to my guns and, and sticking with Towns here. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, that's fine. I, I, there's nothing wrong with that play at all. Mid tier guys at center that I'm looking at: Gobert against the Thunder, Christian Wood against Minnesota. On the flip side, Towns does not play any defense. And then you mentioned Mo Bamba had a great preseason. You know, when it came to defensive numbers. Yeah, I think the the Jazz are just guys I would use in cash. I'm just I'm worried about the blowout there, a 12 point spread. OKC is going to be very bad. I know SGA is back, and I know Giddy, you know, is exciting and whatnot. But I, I I worry about a blowout in Utah to start the year. Definitely love Christian Wood, all formats. I think he's due for a a, a massive year. He just has to stay healthy. And I do I do Mo Bamba again. It's just are they actually going to start these guys next to one another? Ultimately is the question. I don't know the answer. I think it's going to be fun to find out. But yeah, those those three guys stand out to me as well. Yeah, Value, I was stunned to see Time Lord at 5,100 on DraftKings. Al Horford's not going to play in this game. So he is healthy and, and good to go is, is Robert Williams. We know what his upside can be. They don't really have a backup center to him either. I mean, they they have, who is it there? They, they got Ines Canner, right? They could potentially mm-hmm. be him, you know, but they, for whatever reason, they never they never like to give Canner a bunch of minutes in Boston. You know, this is the second time going around with them. Bruno Fernando is getting some run. They have Grant Williams if they want to go small. I think we're going to get at least 25 minutes here out of, out of uh, Time Lord. So for $5,100, uh, I think that's a great price for him. Uh, and then if you're over on DraftKings, I'm sorry, FanDuel and Yahoo, FanDuel is only $6,300 and you get the extra point for blocks there. So, you know, I think I think Robert Williams is a good spot. Yaka Pertle against Orlando. Daniel Gafford, I think, is a great value. The thing that the way they've been talking about him this preseason going up against Toronto. And then and the flip side of that. Him. And they just but, paid him. Yeah, they just paid him. Right. So, I mean, and we know Gafford is a monster fancy point per minute guy. He's just someone that. You never know how many minutes he's going to play, you know. But I think this year that's going to change for him. I think we're going to get the run uh, for him in this great matchup against Toronto. And then I mentioned on the flip side, you have Precious Achua, who was starting at center during you know during the preseason at times and getting good run, and he's thirty one hundred dollars. So you know, like definitely stacking the Toronto Washington game. But there's a lot of value at center to be looked at as well. Yeah, I think a lot of what you said is completely is very interesting, especially Gafford because he's 4900, he's going to start and he just got paid. The problem is he just needs to stay out of foul trouble. And my worry is Chris Boucher returns, which we'll talk about in a second, and puts Gafford in a blender within 2 seconds and then we see 35 minutes of Montrez Harrell because Gafford's just constantly in foul trouble. So I think that's one way to look at it. Also why I think Harold could be interesting in tournaments. If you're playing large field tournaments, we saw it happen in preseason a couple times. Gafford early foul trouble, Harold dominates. And we know how good Harold is off the bench. So I think that's one interesting little nugget. And it is the on the flip side, if Boucher plays, John, it's some it's literally been the biggest question we've had in DFS over the last what three years. 
why don't they play Chris Boucher? When will they let him be a good player? Is if Chris Boucher starts, or if Chris if Chris Boucher is active, does he start over Precious? Do you think? I mean, I don't know. I mean, you would you would hope, but they did. You know, they basically, you know, Precious was a key part of that Lowry trade. So right. I I like I I general I I really don't know because. We know how good Boucher is on a, on a permanent basis, but they just don't let him go. They they just don't. So I, it's just an interesting little you know pu- push and pull almost because I got I want Precious at thirty one, but if if Boucher plays, I I don't know I, I don't know. I don't know if we can play Precious at 31. I guess we can because he still give us more than 5x value at 3100, but it just wouldn't be as slam dunk as it is if Boucher doesn't. Yeah, of course. I mean, I mean they, they need front court help anyways, right? right? So, you know, Boucher they can play them together. Boucher can play they power play court and, or or flip, you know, flip it the other way. You know, I think all of that is is definitely Potential. I just like the price tag on Precious, and, and what's the price on Boucher as well? Boucher is fifty sixty five. So, eh, I don't. You know, again, if you're game stacking, Boucher's starting for sure. But you know, that's kind of a sixty five hundred is a little much, I think, for a guy that has been just so damn inconsistent for us. Yeah, and it's it's not that I necessarily want to play Boucher coming off the injury. Plus, we don't know how the endurance was not playing in preseason. It's just more of how do they deploy the guy and then how do they deploy Precious because Boucher's in the lineup, you know? It's just yeah. more along the lines of that because they also have Kem Birch and Scotty Barnes plays a little power forward. So it's just it's just Boucher's, you know, Boucher's absence makes it a lot easier, but if he plays, it makes it a lot more difficult. Yep, yeah, I'm going to 100% agree with you on that one. So that wraps up our 11-game James. We do have a few prize picks available for tomorrow's slate. Not the whole slate. They got a, they got a few different games that are selected. Right off the bat, well, something that I'm taking a look at right here is total points. And they have Fred Van Vliet at 19.5 going up against Washington. I think he easily scores 20-plus in this game as the primary score going up against the Wizards. So give me uh, Van Vliet over 19.5 points. And the flip side of that matchup, Spencer Dinwiddie at 16 and a half. I think that's yep. kind of an appealing ma- um, spot for him as well um, as a number two scorer. We're assuming they're against a really bad Toronto team. So two uh, picks for me here. Fred Van Vliet over 19 and a half points. Spencer Dinwiddie over 16 and a half actual points for this. My gosh dang thunder with Spencer Dinwiddie. I'll never forgive you. So, so I'm going to go. You really just you really just did it to me. I'm going to go. DeMar DeRozan under 21 and a half points. Again, I, I think there's a I think there's a lot of potential for this Bulls team to ha- like have a, a really good balance of scoring. I I do think Levine's going to lead and I do think Vucevic is going to be second fiddle. And I think DeRozan's going to again have a lot of good games. I just don't think 21 and a half points on opening night happens. Lonzo Ball's there, you know, Patrick Williams is returning to the lineup. Um, he played the final preseason game. Alex Caruso has played a large role. I think there's a lot of um, really good options on this Bulls team. Uh, I think it's going to be spread around. So I'm going to go under DeRozan 21 and a half. And then I really want to. I really want to stick with this Washington 
Toronto game. So I'm gonna go. I'm going to go Kuzma over 13 and a half. I was going to go on an OB. I think they both probably go over, but I will stick with my Kyle Kuzma over 13 and a half points. Listen, Bradley Beal a little banged up. I think we both are on the Spencer Dinwiddie bandwagon here, but Kyle Kuzma looked really good in the preseason. I think this is going to be a very high-paced game. What do we got for Vegas total again? 218.5 at solid. So give me Kyle Kuzma over 13.5 as my second pick. I like that one. I thought you were going to go maybe OG over two threes made. I was was looking at all the OG props. The rebounding prop looked good. I think OG can go over six. The guy is just really good. And and in this role that he's going to have, you know, Sands, Pascal Siakam to start the year, we're going to get elite fantasy production out of him. So I think he hits over on almost all these props. Truthfully, his his points, his rebounds. Not not sure about the assists. I don't love that, but I the three-pointers as well. Um, but I, Kuzma 13.5 feels, feels pretty good for a guy who was scoring double figures on a team with LeBron James and Anthony Davis healthy. So. <laughs> right. Right. So I agree with you there. Good calls all around. And that wraps up today's NBA DFS podcast. And we're going to have a full slate of content for you. Playbook, starting five, valuable, the showdown playbook right up. Obviously the podcast that you're all listening to now. Uh, and we're going to be ready to crush it on day two of the NBA season. For James, I'll, we will catch you guys next time. 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 We will catch you guys next time.